Welcome back, folks, to Two Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a resident evil watcher and a corner boy, with my good friend, a man who's made a terrible mistake installing Football Manager 20, and the world's biggest Avenged Sevenfold fan. Well, if you're human, well, how you doing? <laughs> that's fucking... That's slander. Slander at the... <laughs> the not to the highest degree. Let's talk about Avenged Sevenfold in the dog's age. Fucking Avenged Sevenfold, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm alright, Dan. I've, I've got severe neck pain from looking down at my telephone for what feels like 45 hours in the past day, which is uh, which has been good. It's been been really good. They need there needs to be. I know you can do. I mean, this may be out there, but I don't know if there's like kind of you know like hockey manager twenty or. I know you can do that kind of thing on NHL twenty, but it's not the same, is it? There's something about football manager that's just it's just it's otherworldly, outrageous. There there is. Eastside Hockey Manager. I don't know how. Yes, that was the that's the one I was thinking. Of. I don't know when they last updated it though. I think I don't think they have since like two thousand and seven. Like you can get name packs and like roster updates and stuff, but not an actual game update itself for a while. I don't think. But yeah, there's something there's something beautiful about um about Football Manager. Even even so, I'm only playing the mobile version. I'm sure if you compare it to the to the sort of full fat version on PC. It's completely different and not not up to standard at all. But I, I haven't played a football manager game in twelve years, probably. So, whoa, like not seriously at least. I think the last yeah. one I, I seriously played was either oh eight or ten, maybe. So I'm basically playing exactly the same game, but now it's on my telephone. I do wonder if a, a hockey manager game would end up having that same. I mean, football manager is ingrained in mostly. I would say ninety five percent male just culture now. It's just everyone around our age just knows what it is, has played it, has lived with it, taken over their life basically for sort of five, six months at a time. And you've just kind of accepted it as just part of the general kind of just a general way of life now. It's just, yeah, football managers in life and it's just it's there all the time. It's a weird thing. It's always just such an odd thing to get hooked on, especially when, when you show it to somebody who doesn't play it or whatever. It's just, oh, what do you do? You, you just read stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then you move these little circles around. Yeah. Then you, then you move that slider. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you do. You do. What you do here, look at this. You right-click and drag. You, uh, you, you make, make him do runs. It's fucking beautiful. And then, it's, it's, especially when you, uh, <laughs> when you turn off any of the features that give you some semblance of realism in the game. <laughs> So you just got a flashing bar of text at the bottom. It's fucking beautiful. I would imagine if there was a... You'd have to imagine a Hockey Manager 20 game to be the same kind of thing as you just have a picture of the rink, little circles for each player, and then just text flashing upon the screen as things happen. Yeah, almost, almost like Football Manager, but instead of a pitch, you've got a rink. <laughs> it's, especially as, Thank you. as it's, Thank you. it's developed by... SI, so it's exactly what you'd expect. There's a, a correction from before. There is a 2015 edition. So that's uh, oh, okay of um, of Eastside of Eastside Hockey Manager. Yeah, yeah, which is which okay, is interesting. Okay. I, I gave it a go a while ago, but that I wasn't I wasn't in the zone, so I wouldn't be able to accurately sort of um, appraise it. I wouldn't say. I wonder if there's something. I wonder if there's something where it wouldn't grab you the same as Football Manager did because you grew up playing Football Manager when you were a teenager. Yeah, you know that kind of thing where sports is its most important to you when you're around 
sort of 17 to sort of 21, 22, because you have nothing else to kind of pay attention to. There's no mortgage, no job. You're just a student dotting around. You have all the time in the world free, just with your mates all the time watching sports. Same as certain like computer games. You're just with your mates all the time. Should we play Street Fighter for six hours? Sounds awesome. Let's do it. And then you just grow up playing Street Fighter and that's like, oh my God, that's my game. And Whereas I think if we tried to get into a hockey game now, we just it wouldn't be the same because you've kind of got more important things to deal with. And I think especially with with video games that don't necessarily change that much over the time. So like like you say, like Street Fighter, like if you played the newest Street Fighter now and you played Street Fighter when you were a kid, you're going to have a better, an easier chance of just blending back into it. And it's, yeah, you're right. it's even more pronounced with Football Manager because ultimately fuck all has changed in the last 20 years. No, you're right. I just wanted to do a, um, a, a an old callback. Quick, a quick one of these, a quick smash, cash or pash for music. If you remember what those mean or not, I don't know. Do you? Uh, nah, pash is bad, obviously. Cash means they should get the money. No, pash means you just pass it. You don't care. You're like, yeah, whatever. And smash is also this band needs to be destroyed forever. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. I only had, I only had two. First one, bring me the horizon. Oh. They're they're an interesting one, aren't they? Because I because I I don't know I don't know where they sit for you. Because because I, I was right in the perfect age range when they were super yeah, brutal. That's why that's why I brought them up. They were super brutal, and I was fucking fifteen, sixteen. So being super brutal was the coolest thing ever. But even <laughs> even back then, like fucking Ollie Sykes had had a. Uh, not issues, but you know, it was enough to to put someone off the music. I'm going to say Pash, but like an element of respect for him. Okay, okay, yeah, I get that. I, I, I just I have to. That. I've got to bin him off for personal. Just like I have to, you know what I mean? No, that's that's fine. That's fine. I think it was. I was. I was struggling to think of a band who had a kind of some success that when you were that age. I would have thought, okay, this is sort of this version of this metal band for, because when I was growing up, I was I was at the, you know, like the peak of Metallica and stuff like that. So I, but then I couldn't think. I was thinking like, what would be the band for Will when he was nineteen twenty that was successful, but also had a heavier style? And I couldn't think of anything that had any, you know, like kind of mainstream success. And bring, bring me the horizon with the only ones I could think of. Aside from, obviously, as I mentioned at the start, Avenged Sevenfold, which was just a joke, because I know you hate them. I think I think um, Bring Me the Horizon is such an interesting case study, because they go from, just before they hit the big time, they're just a fucking straight-up death metal band with, yeah. with like, a really pretty boy singer. And then now they've evolved into, like, being a Radio 1 stadium rock band. I think it's so intriguing. Especially as they've largely got the same lineup, they have a lot more like electronica now and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, I guess they've just evolved, haven't they? Yeah. And do you know what it is as well? Is unless you're the absolute, absolute pinnacle, tippy top, aka someone like Pantera, being a death metal band don't really pay the bills that much, does it? Do you know what I mean? So somebody's probably said to the band at some point, maybe try softening it a bit. We'll give you a million quid, and they've gone, oh, okay, then that's that makes sense. And it's it's not even like they've just softened it, and now they make bad music like it's not to my taste but i can appreciate that they're still good at what they're doing it's such a such a strange one to be that on top for so long i mean what it's been 10 almost 15 years now they've been one of the biggest bands in the world and then the other one was because i mentioned to you 
the other week and I forgot to mention it on here because I'm just a huge fan and I wanted to because it's my show and so whatever I can do, I can do what I want. It's Muse. Was... No. <laughs> Shout out to that discussion. Smash, Cash or Pash, Deftones? Cash. Yeah, Cash. Definitely. Oh, good, 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 good. That's all right. Look, I'm not, I'm not a massive... Like, I like their music, but I'm not a massive fan, if that makes sense. I'd, I'd never yeah, claim to be a big Deftones fan, but yeah, like, um, that self-titled album fucking rips. That kind of goes along with what... This is why I mentioned it, is it kind of goes along with what I said about computer games and stuff like that. I remember a time when I was listening to music and just saying, I'm never, ever, ever going to go out of music, ever. I'll always know the latest bands. My dad's just stuck in the same old rot listening to the same old music. And now I do exactly the same thing because I haven't got time to find new bands or find your brilliant new stuff that's probably out there. There's probably an amazing metal band or an amazing rock band out there that I've just never heard and never will hear because I'm just stuck listening to Queens of the Stone Age or Foo Fighters or Nirvana or Deftones. But I thought it was interesting because Deftones have just, like you're saying about Bring Me the Horizon being out for sort of, t- like Deftones have been about 20 years now. I think probably over 20 yeah, years I think they from, the f- from the first stuff they did. What was, what was the first album? White Pony? No, that was third, I think. Because like, Around the Fur was second. Around the Fur, yeah. And it was the first one Pink... Oh, what was the first was it like one? Pink Maggot or something like that? No, was that... That, was after, that was after White Pony. Because that was released as a back-to-school, the back-to-school song that came out. Oh, released. That was yeah, like yeah, yeah. Thing. Oh, come on. I can't, remember the fir- I can't remember the name of the first album. I had it, but they're kind of the same. They've evolved from this... Adrenaline. Sort of... Sc- Screw! Oh, that's it. Thank you. Not all my. God. All right, hold on, hold on. Sorry, sorry. Oh God, what are we doing here? Go on. When when did adrenaline come out then? I want to say it was like ninety three. Oh no, nah, ninety five. I'd I'd have said later in the nineties. That's that's still fucking donkeys ages ago. <laughs> it was twenty five years ago, mate. <laughs> that's fucking mental. <laughs> Jesus. But that's like we were saying. You know, they've they've evolved, and they they they're kind of class now as parts of metal and there's this like subgenre like part dream rock which i think is just an amazing way to describe it and i'm gonna get super geeky a little bit here but there are some songs on one of the right i can't remember it's like the sixth or seventh album which is called kaino yokan i think oh yeah and there are some songs on there that are just i don't know just almost kind of like psychedelic it's like it's like kind of evolved kind of prog it's really they're really weird and i just yeah but i just think they're fantastic and, and to go from a band but i was uh, curious as to oh, sorry, go on. somebody your age if you'd kind of joined them later on, if you'd then gone back and listened to their early stuff and was thinking, like, what the hell is this? This isn't the same even, this isn't even the same band. Well, it's, it's funny because you think even even that self-titled album, which is what their fourth album, is still yeah. such an evolution compared to even, even White Pony or, or Around the Fur, yeah, yeah. let alone Adrenaline. Like, because they were sort of like the more progressive end of new metal when they started, really. That sort yeah, of... Yeah, no, they were. They were for sure. Those like thumping, thumping beats. That, you know, not not new metal like fucking Limp Bizkit, but musically almost like Static X or whatever. And to go, yeah, to bring out like like a song like Minerva, Static X, Static X. Yeah, that's another reference. Fucking, oh, my God. oh, who's what's what's the guy's name? Fucking, is it Wayne Wayne Static? Wayne Static? <laughs> not even clever. I don't even get it. Good Wayne Static. I mean, power to it. Oh, fucking hell, that. that yeah, fair play to the that guy. That head got to uh, got to take a lot of effort to Madness. to maintain. But yeah, but for, we talk about bands that have fucking evolved. Deftones started evolving, fucking yeah, nearly twenty years ago. It's funny that you mentioned sort of Limp Biscuit and Corn and that kind of thing. Is that <laughs> obviously 
Always funny. Corn and Limp Biscuits albums come out and they're just mega humongous, played everywhere. I mean, just played. I mean, I'm a, I remember when MTV2 was a thing. I played on there to like every, it seemed like every fifth or sixth record was a Limp Biscuit or Corn song. And then you're craving that next album to come out. And then you're just thinking, oh, you've just done the same album again. You just, this is the same thing. Why? Why? But then Deftones had that long longevity of, oh, wow, this is really different. And I'm not sure what I think. And I've done that with so many Deftones albums I, I, because, because they're all different. I've listened to them and thought, oh, I'm not sure about this. And then, you know, two months later, I'm thinking, yeah, this is one of the best things I've ever heard. They're, they're, you know, they're genius at what they do. Just constantly taking that evolutionary step. So they're still sort of anchored in what you know and what they're good at. But it's it's, it's just evolution. The, the strict definition of it slowly changing over time. Good music chat. All right, should we, uh, should we start the hockey? Let's day? fucking have it, shall we? Alright, yeah. Let's start with this. What did you make of... We'll come out of the gates hot. What did you make of Elaine Vigneault's comments? about how he had no idea what was going on in the outside world. No, no, no you don't. No, wait, no, yes you do, rather. <laughs> yeah, no, yes you do. No, 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 you don't believe what you just said. If, he, if that's true, he's practising some intense fucking enlightenment or whatever, you know what I mean? Like proper just shutting off. Boy, he just goes back to the hotel room and fucking meditates all the time. Like, you know what he said? Go on. Did you read all, or did you read what he said? Uh, I did whatever it was, yeah. But yeah, it was basically I went, I went back to my room and spent nineteen hours watching tape. Was essentially it. That's fucking dumb. Do, do you not think? Like I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a coach or anything. But surely, if you if you're doing anything, they come. A no, he did not watch nineteen hours of fucking tape. But <laughs> even if he did, just go back to. His... I might be paraphrasing, but you know, <laughs> I watched. <laughs> 400 hours of tape between games one and two um <laughs> it's I had, I had so much tape maybe he means like cumulatively he had he had 19 tellies going with different bits of tape and he watched it yeah. for an hour and that was He's it got 12 laptops on the go but it's, surely you're going to get to a point where you're not going to actually gleam any information from that tape because you're doing too much of it you're not overloading your brain yeah it's if you, it's, it's if People who write scripts or write books say, at some point, I wasn't even aware of what I was reading. I've read it so much myself, trying to find that what I'm trying to say, or you know, I'm looking for mistakes or that kind of thing. And in the end, I had to give it to someone else to read it because I just couldn't even see what I was reading. It's so I've read it so many times, and yeah, at some point, you just what are you looking at after like hour nine that you that you didn't see an hour two? <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I get the idea of trying to look at everybody's shifts, but. Working on such a micro level with individual players at this point is is not going to reap any rewards. Any tweaks you what you want to make are going to be at the larger sort of team level, systems level, isn't it? You're not going to be able to fucking take James Van Riemsdyk aside and say, "Look, mate, your your position of your stick blade on that zone entry was a little bit off, and we need to start holding it a little bit more like this." Like, fucking, what help is that going to be for anyone? And let's say all of that is true, what that's irresponsible. Like you're, a, I don't give a fuck that you're in the NHL bubble. You should still have like a finger on it. You should still have some understanding of what's going on in the wider world, especially when it's 
you know, arguably world-shifting news that's happening. That's the thing. I refuse to believe. I don't believe Elaine Vigneault's a bad guy. I, I, you know, maybe he just didn't want to talk about it or didn't want to, I don't know. Maybe he is, as we've said a million times, maybe he's stuck in that hockey mindset of, I can't talk about anything but hockey. I, that I can, that I can believe because we've seen it time and time again. And that these players, while I, like I said, I, I don't believe there's just 720 pieces of shit playing in the NHL. I, I can't, I can't believe that. And if you'd include all the coaches as well, that's, that's not possible. And like I said, I think it's some kind of maybe Stockholm syndrome with the game that you're just conditioned that all you think about, all you can talk about is hockey. So I can't, I can't believe he's a bad guy and, and just thought, oh, this is important, whatever. But I can't believe at no point somebody said to him, God, you're not going to believe what's happening. And then he said, what? And then, you know, someone just told him. Like, that had to have happened. It had to. It's, it's a case of, you know, pull the other one away. Come on, mate. No one fucking believes you. It's- Why do you think he said it? I, th- I think you might be right with the whole idea of he just doesn't want to talk about it and it's easier for him to say, I don't know what's going on, then I don't want to acknowledge it or have my views held. Or, or fucking, <laughs> allegedly, maybe maybe he does, maybe he is like against Black Lives Matter. Maybe he thinks it's a fucking Marxist organisation that's here to turn all your kids gay. Like, and maybe he knows better than to say that. Maybe he thinks that his view, he understands that his views aren't going to go down well, so he doesn't want to talk about them. You know what I could believe? I, I could believe that he's thinking we shouldn't be doing this in a sports setting. It's not up to us to do this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And there is a there is a wider discussion there in that kind of, and I get it, but why the fuck are these sports stars having to do all this? They should, and I know why they're doing it. So let me finish for this. This sounds terrible before you start calling me AV, but it's almost like we're expecting these, in some cases, you know, 23, 24, 25-year-olds to lead the youth of today. Meanwhile, fucking government is just dragging their... Uh, uh, in nearly every country, especially ours, is just fucking up left, right, and center and, and just making massive mistakes. And we've got to have, like, prem, in our country, premiership footballers campaigning so that children can get fucking school meals. Premiership footballers who, fuck? who still qualify for the PFA Young Team of the Year are having to campaign to be like, hey, everybody, kids should get fed, yeah? Why the fuck are we having to do that? It's an absolute shambles. But it's... It's a shambles. You're absolutely right, but that is the thing. Like, we have to lean on the younger members of society and the younger members of sort of celebrity society, for want of a better better term, to bring about these changes because the the older generation have failed. The older generation who, who are in power, who have the voices... And that's been the, been the case for fucking, you know, a dog's age, isn't it? It's always been the young yeah. that bring bring about the change because the older brought up on the status quo and the old who get into a position of power to be able to make the change are only there because of the status quo. So why the fuck are they going to change it? I agree. Do- and it, it is that it is that cult of celebrity that it does have an impact. It really does. Well, yeah, because Marcus Rashford going out and saying, you know, kids should be fed is going to appeal to more people and be heard to more heard by more people than if I just phone up the BBC and say kids should be fed, by the way. It's alright, who the fuck are Not you? even you, mate. Even even let's say like Keir Starmer, the leader of the Labour Party, the leader mm. of the opposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the second most powerful political party in this country, if he came out at Prime Minister's questions and said, 
oh, by the way, I, I think probably a kiss should be fed and we just stop, you know, arresting and killing young black people because there's a problem with sort of systemic racism in the police. How many people are actually going to hear that or pay attention to that? Yeah, if Marcus Rashford says it, if, you know, if the hockey players take a stand, if the NBA players take a stand, it does have more meaning. I get it, it does, and I'm not saying it shouldn't, but, mate, it's, it's fucked up that it has to come to that, innit? Well, to, to say, to use Keir Starmer as, a, as an example, or any opposition politician, that's the issue with partisan politics, isn't it? If if yeah. Starmer says it, that's the that's a policy of the Labour Party, that's a policy of the left, or centre-left, or whatever. So you're going to have plenty more people that are like, oh, I don't like Starmer, I don't like the Labour Party for preconceived you know, opinions that I already hold. Therefore, I'm I'm against uh, feeding children and I'm pro-killing yeah. black people. Whereas if Marcus Rashford yeah. says it, he's not a politician. He, yeah, so he, he it's it's not it doesn't become automatically become a political issue, which is fucked up. But that's just the the basic um, mindset around it, isn't it? Oh yeah, no, I agree, and I, I think that that was my in regards to Vigneault, That's that's I, I think it's one of those two things. Either a he doesn't want to talk about it because he just doesn't want to talk about it, or he can't say that because everyone's then going to say, "Why don't you want to talk about it, Elaine?" That's weird. Or it's that kind of I don't think we should be mixing this conversation in with sports. But again, he you know you can't and, you know, and he shouldn't say that. You know, you sh- we should be having these conversations everywhere. Very strange. And then having to come out the next day and do a bloody... You know, you know when you get the Notes app up on your iPhone, like, there's a big statement coming out because it's not big enough to fit into a fucking tweet. It's not, it's not important enough to actually say, but it's more important than a tweet. It's, it's, it's a fine line you have to walk. But that as well, shouldn't he, shouldn't he have come out and just, you know, got in front of the camera and said, okay, look, here's what happened. You know, what I said yesterday sounded flippant. I didn't mean it, you know, I didn't mean it to. I just meant blah blah blah, but no, it's just like <laughs> here's my fucking notes app statement. <laughs> Fuck's sake! So my, I would like to be able to say that I understand because there's an element of written word is is often more eloquent than spoken word. However, he he wouldn't have been having a live conversation. <laughs> he could have also true. He could have taken that notes app and uh, read it, and it would have had much more of an impact. And it, and it would have, especially when you're you're trying to say, look, I do actually care, <laughs> but yeah. not enough to actually say anything. A couple of Philadelphia writers who for the, who cover the Flyers, who are friends, have kind of gone back and forth over it and have written articles about the other's articles saying he's completely wrong. Here's why, you know, Vino shouldn't have to do this. And then the other ones come back with, I mean, this guy's my friend, but he's completely wrong. Here's why he should be saying something. And uh, it's it's like we've said ever since May or April, whenever whenever this all started, it's it's fucking simple, and it like yeah, it's simple. He's made it. He's just made it more difficult for himself. All, all you have to do is say, yeah, I'm I'm pro human rights. I don't want people to be murdered <laughs> for the color of their skin. That's all you have to fucking say. <laughs> there, there isn't there isn't a debate. Either, yeah, either you're on you're on the right side or you're on the fucking wrong side, basically. You're right. And, uh, of course. I don't, okay. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know which. Couldn't agree more. I don't know which Philly writers came out saying that Vigneau shouldn't have to say that he is pro Black Lives Matter. But if, as as we've said week in week out, down for the last what feels like twenty five years, you're fucking telling on yourselves. 
I, I do not care. I do not care. I get the idea of saying, oh, yeah, you shouldn't be forced into saying anything. But yeah, when you're being forced, when you're being asked to say something so simple, when you have a platform that you are privileged to have, it's fucking ridiculous. I think as well, we have to remember that it's taken this long for the players to find their voice. I mean, we have to we might have to wait till twenty forty five for the coaches to finally, you know, oh, fucking <laughs> coaches to stand up and say something. We're, we're gonna have to wait to, for them to fucking die. Like, I think, yeah, I think right. Jer- Jeremy Collins <laughs> probably going to be the first coach to say something just by uh, sheer sort of advantage in age. Yeah, you're right. All right, let's move on. We can't both pretend, Will, that we're not furious after we heard the news that Peter Chiarelli is not the man for Florida. I'm just crestfallen, mate. Crestfallen. I'm, I'm just confused. They said they wanted to go with a more experienced hand. Guy's got a got a standing cup under his under his belt. He's got a ring, mate. He's got a ring. Got a I don't ring. know if you know that or not. Got a ring. Drafted Conor McDavid, so he's good in the draft. Good. <laughs> he's, good in, he's good in the war room. <laughs> he's fucking really... He's a tall quality scout. Absolutely, can spot talent a mile away. Works works really well with veterans. Yeah. Uh, I don't. He's he's uh you know an experienced trader tradesman. I he's he's yep. the full package. He's got a tash that doesn't quit. Well, I, I don't know what more what more you want out of a GM. No, he's got the best shrug in the business as well as we have. You know, photographic evidence of that. <laughs> but Bill Zito is the man. Obviously, actually been been hired. He was the uh, Columbus assistant since two thousand fifteen. And you know what? There was a lot of this. This is one of those things where I think being on this side of the pond, I've heard the name around, but I'll be honest, I didn't know too much about him. And meanwhile, obviously, people in Canada and America are like, "Oh, you know, really good idea, good hire. You know, guy deserves a chance." And I'm just thinking, okay, then I guess he deserves a chance because I'm not really that familiar. But I think if you look at Columbus since 2015, he's obviously had a hand in that team. And the the development of players, scouting, obviously, you know, the the, the famous, I guess famous now, one-for-one Seth Jones, Ryan Johansson trade Mm -hmm. looks like, you know, one of the greatest pieces of businesses ever. So, you know, if there's if there's something to that, and he's had a he's had a hand in all those things, and yeah, I think he does. I think he I think he deserves a chance. I think it's it's just another one of those ones where it's an AGM who's been promoted to GM in another another organization. All right, cool. I've got no opinion until until he actually starts doing things. And recently, we've not necessarily seen you know people doing that good a job. But here was here was where I was getting to with this because I I did have a question off the back of that. Go on. That's how do you change Florida? How do you change the Panthers? Because on the surface, they have every single ingredient that you need, except the main one, which is they can't seem to win hockey games. <laughs> Kind kind of an important uh, part of it. I know, but it is crazy. I know. I know we've talked about him a little bit before, but I mean, you would just think, what, what's you know, what what does he come in and say? I mean, yeah, we need we need like a really good. Okay, yeah, we have got some B men. Yeah, we have got some forwards. I mean, the goalie should be way better than he is, but they do have a you know a good goalie. Not ten million worth. Not ten million dollars worth of goalie, in my opinion, or your opinion, everyone else's opinion, but. He has shown in the past to be a good goalie. They have one of the best coaches ever. They have good players coming through, so they have like you know they have a, you know a good sort of mixture there. What, what does he do? I don't know. I think you. It's it's a more long term thing, but you focus on their youth development first and foremost. 
I think we said a couple of weeks ago that how that I think do they not have they don't have a single ELC on their roster this year. I think that's true, or at the very least, their recent high high profile draft picks have not made it to the NHL for whatever reason. And even going a bit further back, you know, people like Henrik Borgström and Alexi Heppen Niemi haven't made it. They've come back to fucking Europe. So there's there's been an element of them being unable to develop talent. But apart from that, it, it's a bit facetious, but you just wait for Vinnie Viola to phone you and you fucking do what he says, basically, because it's a franchise that we've seen time and time again that maybe every six months you'll get a call from the owner saying, right, you've got to cut fucking 10 million salary. So really, you, you're at that ownership's behest as far as what you can actually do to change. It might be a case of Viola has, has phoned up, Bill Z Owen said, right, we're doing a rebuild. I'm not paying for this team that's not fucking winning, which to an extent, fair enough. If it's not working, it's not working. But yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what direction Zito's allowed to go in. We have mentioned it before, but you do forget that on the other side of trading players and things like that, there is a very real sort of monetary and financial implication for these owners that they just want to win. And you can't go in and say, you know how we've been crap and missing the boat pretty much our entire existence. So we just start again. And then maybe we'll do, you know, maybe we'll come back around in three or four years because the owners are just like, no, I don't want to do that. I keep putting money into this franchise and for what? You know, I want someone who's going to get me success as quickly as possible. That's something I'd be interested to know. Like, I've, I've no idea of knowing, like, do NHL teams break even? Most years, I've no idea. The way the way the the whole this is something we'll talk about in a bit. But the way the whole oh we've got no fans or I mean how many how many teams are we here? I'm hearing all the time now there is going to be a lot of players available that you are going to be very surprised of. I mean I'm talking if we're just looking at Florida, you know I'm talking about like your Mike Hoffman types, your Dadinoff types, Eric Howler, guys in that sort of five to two and a half million range. That's one of the things with Jim Rutherford is that trading for Kapanen, he's actually saving a fair bit of money. And that's one of the reasons why it's done. That's why they've talked about, you know, they've got rid of those assistant coaches. And the assistant coaches they've brought in, which is something else to talk about in a bit, the assistant coaches they've brought in are cheaper. And how I mentioned the other week that teams are looking at spending, not to the cap, but certain teams are kind of like, we've got to go three, four, five million dollars under the cap. So I think some teams do. I mean, that's the thing, you know, if you make it to the playoffs, that's, that's always talked about, isn't it? It's a massive thing for teams. Because you can put you can put up ticket prices, more people want to buy jerseys, they want to buy merch. If you go on a run, people get involved. You hear stories all the time of guys like, "Oh, I paid nine hundred quid from you know, I paid nine hundred dollars for my ticket." There was a guy who had Penguins tickets when they were in the the second cup final when they repeated, and he had tickets to I want to say it was Game Six. Whenever they won it, and, and he sold them for something like seventeen hundred dollars. He had one ticket. He said, "Yeah, I just sold it for seventeen hundred dollars." And I know not the money's not going to club, but if people are willing to pay on tickets, then yeah, they're going to pay more and more and more for playoff merch and all that kind of thing. But I, I'm with you. Like, I have no idea how if they break even or because I'm not even sure about the outgoings. What does it cost to What does it cost to run an arena all year? I got no. I've got no idea. No idea. I think it's it's a lot, and but it depends on whether you own it, whether you share it with another team, and who owns that team, and this, that, and the other. Yeah, or if you're Eugene trying to rent it for a dollar a year. <laughs> That's I feel like he's sort of exempt from any of these discussions. 
any any discussions around financial stability in the NHL? Obviously, you just you just you just you know cross them out straight away. But I think I think you make a good point about something I've never really thought about too much. In that, yeah, if you go to an owner who's put in, you know, spent to the cap for four years, and then you turn up and say, "No, we can't do this anymore. We've got to tear it down." If you haven't been breaking even over those years, what you've just thrown. 40 million down the drain or whatever it might be that you've lost and you've got fuck all to show for it. It's not that, but like, it's the cap as well, isn't it? So if you think, so you're paying, well, call it, just call it for the sake of argument, 81 million. If you don't make the playoffs for the next three or four years, you've spunked away $320 million. For what? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But it, That's just the cap. That doesn't include, you know, that doesn't include yeah, all the, your like head, say, basically. You know, the, all the extras. Yeah, the overheads and all that shit. Is, is that not sort of part and parcel for what you sign up for when you buy a sports team, though, isn't it? Nobody buys a sports team I mean, to, you are, I mean, yeah, to make money, right. do they? You are right. It's like spending a fiver on a scratch card and not winning. Being like, oh, for fuck's sakes. Wasted a fiver. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a funny one. I mean, somebody, must, somebody must have this information. If anyone knows anybody out there, or if you could point us in a direction of... In order to have that kind of information, where you could find out like what does it cost to run an NHL team every year? I mean, everything, even a ballpark figure would do. And then, because we do, we we always forget about the owner. We do forget about the owners, don't we? And it's okay for Bill Zito saying, "I'd like to do X, Y, and Z," but I'm sure the big V's thinking, "I just want to fucking win some games in the postseason to make some fucking. <laughs> I want to win some games in the postseason to make some money. Can can we do that? Is that possible?" We always talk about the players, the coach, and the GM, and we just forget about the owners, don't we? That they're kind of the financial implication for them. And that's why there's the thing about, I guess this will lead into the discussion I was going to, something I was going to mention to you, but about getting fans into the stadiums next year, you know, playing at 30% capacity. There's been loads and loads and loads of talks about what has happening next year. Are they going to go back to divisional bubbles? Are they going to try and do what baseball did and have you know, sort of self-enclosed bubbles on planes and all that kind of thing. Or, you know, you're only going to play the same teams like 10 times or something like that to at least try and get all the games in. But they are desperate to get fans in because they want to make some money. I, I wonder if they'll do something similar to what the CHL are going to do this year, where you're just staying in division. Yeah, I, I can believe that. I can't, I can't, I can't imagine. Yeah, let's say... Yeah, I, th- I think if you have four divisional bubbles, because I, I reckon if I'm the NHL, to their credit, this the, this bubble thing has worked. If you know, if their releases about the no coronavirus cases are true, um, it, it's it's worked. <laughs> they haven't if we if we believe them, which we have to, they haven't had a single case, which is very impressive. And if I'm running the NHL and I've got a prospect of no fans next season anyway, why wouldn't you do it the fucking same? Just split it into four divisional bubbles, play however many games you want against other te- other other teams within the division, and then go into an east west playoff format. Especially if it, I'm convinced they're going to try and get some fans in, but how is that going to be out of their hands though? Because because you're still not allowed to have fans at sporting events anywhere, are you? Because I mean, maybe they, maybe they have to. Well, this is the thing as well. Like, how about traveling from America to Canada? Mm-hmm. I mean. Do you just have a then do you change it a little bit and just have like a Canadian bubble and an American bubble? So you don't have to kind of worry about, you know, back into across the border. But then if you're if you're splitting it like that, you're gonna end up splitting up the divisions and that's just gonna be weird. 
That's why I, I mean I get it. I, th- I get what you're saying, but there are seven there are seven Canadian teams, so it's not like it's going to be. Oh, this division's only got four teams, and this one's got twelve in. You can at least fudge it, can't you? Yeah, but I think that's more effort than it's worth to fundamentally change the structure of the divisions just for one season, unless you were planning on doing that anyway. I, I reckon they'll end up doing four bubble cities, like I say, Toronto, Edmonton, Dallas, and I don't fucking know, Washington or wherever it might be, and just split it into the Pacific Central Metro and Atlantic. Just have them play amongst themselves and then work out the players from there. Especially if they're starting in January at the earliest and they want to not have a knock-on into next se- the season after as well. Just do that. Don't play for late game season. Play, I don't know, even 60 seems too much if you're only playing against fucking seven other teams. Like, play a half half schedule and just keep it within the division I don't think they do I don't think they do I think they would try and go for at least 60 I can't see them doing a half schedule I think they want to get in as many games as possible and, and they, I really do as, as we were saying with, with this situation how much of that relates back to the TV deals are they even necessarily allowed to cut back the schedule yeah probably not probably not I mean if you're if you're in your TV deal, if you're contractually obliged to provide, I don't know, however many games it would be, 100, just as a, a round number, mm. 100 games a year on your different platforms, then yeah, you've got to get all those games in. And if you've got to get those 100 games in, you do then have to work out the kind of... Because I'm sure each team has to have a certain amount of representation as well, don't they? Well, I think where they've got their own individual local deals, you know, with, say, Nesson and MSG and you know, Fox Sports Southwest or whatever, there'll yeah. be some agreements there as well. And th- this is where the sort of finance and the administrative and the logistical side of it gets so muddy with the sports side of it because you can't separate the two at a time like this. That's right. It's, it's not just about, right, we're going to start in January, we want to have the playoffs finished at a normal time, how do we do it? It's, okay, how do we do it while meeting X criteria and Y criteria and Z criteria? It's really confusing. No, you're right, because it's not just national, is it? It's local deals as well that would be affected. Yeah, exactly. Like you say, like all the, you know, the regional broadcasts. And and radio as well, because some, some teams have separate radio broadcasts to their TV broadcast yeah, right. and so on and so on. Yeah, all the fucking <laughs> way down. It's a fucking mess, isn't it? It is a mess. <laughs> I think it's, it's really interesting, and it's the sort of thing that I would like to know what parameters they're actually working within. I mean, yeah, we'll never find no, out. No, of course. Of because course like you said a million times, there's $1.1 billion from Vegas and Seattle somewhere. We don't know if fucking know where that is, so we're not going to tell us about the TV deals, are they? Disappear. It's built fucking Batman's COVID bunker, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. He's uh, he's sleeping on it every night. Speaking of Seattle, when when's the expansion draft? Is that after this season? Yeah. Fucking here we go, son. That's why there's the whole thing around goalies and stuff at the moment. Do you know what? We'll do that. So let me just quickly do this, and then we'll come back to that. Because right. it'll lead into... Jake Allen and that whole thing around goalies this year and expansion draft and all that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and going back to school. And if you could leave a five-star review on iTunes or a review where you listen, that would be lovely. As always, we're brought to you and sponsored by Wave Intel. Hockey season, as soon as it has restarted, is nearly over. But there is still time to jump onto Wave Intel for as much data as you can handle and more numbers and graphs than Stephen Hawking's homework diary. Wave Intel, online and on Twitter, being smart, so you don't have to. Yeah, so, this is interesting, with the expansion draft coming up, and the goalie 
kind of carousel that's going to be coming this off season because this is the thing now and I'll take Vancouver as a case study Thatcher Demko and Jacob Markstrom two great goalies Thatcher Demko comes in the other night plays really well Jacob Markstrom if you listen to Canucks fans they're MVP for the past two years guy's been lights out you're not gonna sign both of them because one of them's probably going to get snapped up in the expansion draft and that's the case for teams with two good goalies and I think that's going to lead into the whole like musical chairs of the goaltending position this or I was going to say this summer but this off season because teams are now thinking oh shit and this is what happened with Vegas is that we don't want to get caught with two good goalies and Vegas saying or Seattle saying I'll tell you what we won't take the, those two good goalies, but you've got to give us your first round pick for the sake of it and a player. Because <laughs> that was kind of one of the reasons that Vegas managed to acquire so much stuff out of the gate, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. It, it'll be interesting if, because there's a lot of GMs saying, oh, I'm not going to fucking get involved with that nonsense this time. We're just going to do what we do. It's kind of a situation where if you've got five or six teams who have two really good goalies, then do you sort of test your luck and, and, and say I'm going to keep my two good goalies in the hope that one of my goalies isn't better than the other goalies available but as yeah. soon as people start moving it around if you've got two goalies you kind of have to start playing the game I wonder if I wonder if one of those other good goalies is going to look being a number one somewhere I mean in the, in the case oh, of always happens doesn't Thatcher it Dem- yeah in the, in the case of Thatcher Demko and Jacob Markstrom I mean yeah whichever one goes that they're, they're probably going to be a number one somewhere. And I can see... I mean, I'm not sure what the Canucks are going to do, but, you know, any any teams like this, you're going to want to get something for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, Florian Lane isn't an interesting one because Lane is not signed, is he? He's a free agent, so... No, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure... I am sure that Vegas are going to make a big push to get him. <laughs> I don't know, though, because you're going to have to pay him a lot. And like you say, you don't want to pay... Flurry to be, you know, seven mil to be a backup. So to an extent, do you go with the guy that you've sunk costs into, rather than exacerbating the situation financially in a situation where there's not going to be fans in the stadium, etc., etc. As we've said, I I can't see Lena staying if they can't definitely move Flurry. And how the fuck do you move a thirty-five-year-old seven mil goalie who's had his crease taken away from him? Unless you move him to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the thing. He now becomes the face of the Kraken. <laughs> that's one hell of an intangible to have, isn't it? Franchise starter. It just, it seems like it seems like every year one position is and ends up being like the position. And it was wingers, wasn't like you know it was Marner, Kachuk, Ranton, and it was wingers. And this season it's goalies. You... It just seems to be a kind of which one's going to go where? Something's going to start, and then it's all going to cascade from there. Yeah, there's there's a lot of goalies about you. You know, we haven't even mentioned the the situation in New York with Shostakin, Georgiev, yeah. and, and Lundqvist as well. So yeah. either Georgiev or Lundqvist had to go somewhere. So it's probably going to be Georgiev. Who else is there? Who else is there? Obviously, Tor- Holtby. Holt, Holtby, yeah. Corey Crawford. Jim basically said Matt Murray's done in Pittsburgh, so Matt Murray's out there. That's probably probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, Freddie Anderson. Obviously, loads of trade rooms around Freddie Anderson in Toronto. Jimmy Howard is uh, is out yeah. at Detroit. There's loads more. There's loads more. Like even and you know in the um, like I said, uh, Thatcher Demko or Jacob Markstrom, one of those is going to be available. I wonder if there's going to be a chance for because 
there is that kind of thing we said before where you at least want to get something. So with Seattle on the horizon, a team's going to be just kind of saying, well, the best I could get from was a third, so I had to take it. There was no other offer. Yeah, maybe. It it depends if, if GMs are going to be ruthless enough with each other for it, which I doubt, especially if there's going to be a decent amount of bidding. If you've got, if there's going to be a goalie carousel, that means that there'll be plenty of players in there to, you know, as far as GMs are looking for a new goalie. So it's not like everybody partners up and you pass your goalie off to the left or whatever. It'll be right if you want George Ev, if you want Markstrom. I've got seven or eight other GMs on the phone. If you're only offering me a third, fuck off because I can get a first elsewhere. Yeah, you got a point. You have got a point. Yeah, that was. It turned out that was the thing with Pittsburgh and Kapanen, was that there was a fair few teams in on him, and it got to the point where Pittsburgh gave them the best offer. So that's where he went. And yeah, you're right. It be it would be the same with the goalies. Absolutely. Which in some ways is interesting that. Alan, I don't want to say only got a third because I only think he's worth a third, but I wonder if that's partly because of when he was traded. Like, if you trade Jake Allen later in whenever the off-season is, do you get a second for him just because there's more more teams actually doing business? Go on then. What do you what do you think overall this move then? Jake Allen to the Habs. I, th- I think it's dumb. Like, I think he is an expensive goalie that has had issues in the past. Granted, when he's had a had a higher workload than as a backup, but fuck me, you don't want to be paying over four million to a guy who gets the yips when he plays over thirty games. You know what I mean? Especially when you have a starting goaltender who has an injury history, who is making ten and a half million dollars. Like you're paying fifteen million combined for a goalie with an injury history and a goalie who by all accounts, was considered very mad and has lost his crease to multiple goaltenders over the over the course of his career. Like, I'd, I'll accept that Allen had a good season last year as the backup to Binnington. He had a very good season. Yeah, fucking, good season. fucking really good. You look at him, what, 934 saves percentage, under two goals against per game, 4.03 goals saved above average. Yeah, really fucking good. But for me, if I'm, if I'm not a Bills fan... You've got other issues at Montreal. Yes, cap space is a weapon, and you can you can yeah you know, if you've got the space to use it to fix your issues. But I think I'd have sooner gotten in on some other goalie that's going to be available in the summer, and I'd I'd have sooner gone after like Georgiev, hard especially as they've got a million picks, rather than going for Jake Allen and tying up that cap space. That yes, you don't need it today, but you might need it tomorrow, and you're picking up a goalie that isn't necessarily the best and I think when you're it's a combination of they shouldn't have spent that money and if they're going to be spending that much money I wouldn't put it in Jake Allen's pocket you make some good points I can't decide I can't decide on this I could, I could easily as as it is with goalies all the fucking time I could easily be wrong I could easily <laughs> easily be wrong It could Jake Allen could turn up in Montreal and fucking shit in the bed and be on waivers and be fucking playing Switzerland with Scott Darling by this time next year. Or he could turn up, Price gets injured, and he goes fucking nine ninety nine for the rest of the season. It's <laughs> voodoo. It's voodoo. It's nonsense. It's fucking nonsense. And that, that's what I, I wonder if goalies should be outside of the salary cap. Stop. Stop. You couldn't do that though, could you? <laughs> but I mean, stop. Like, like, uh, like how Instagram wanted to take away 
likes on on photos. <laughs> Do that. You're, you're not allowed to know any goalie's cat number because <laughs> it's just yeah, it yeah. But then there's it. always like there'll just be under the table deals where some teams pay in fucking uh, I don't know a great goalie. Oh yeah, we'll give you we'll give you twenty seven million a year. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the owner's a billionaire. <laughs> Which, if it was purely out of the fucking. Out of the salary cap, I'd just be I'd check out the beard of fifteen million on his own, let alone combined with Kerry <laughs> Price. Like I said, though, cap space is a weapon, and the Habs do have plenty of cap space. I I didn't under I I think I knew this, but it's one of those ones where you don't realize it till you look at it. They've only got one player who makes over five and a half a year, which is Shea Weber, which is mad. Right, and Kerry Price. Sorry, yeah, one skater. Sorry, one skater. They've only got one skater who makes over five and a half a year. And then at one of those teams in Capel, they have got they've only got sixty seven million tied up next year, so they've still got plenty of room to move. And there is the to play counterpoint to your point. As I can't remember who said it, it might have been Rob McGregor, but I can't remember who, who said it. But they said, "Look what happens if after Kerry Price had a break, he actually looked like the Kerry Price that we're told he is, which was really fucking good and a guy who could steal games and having that kind of if you can get him." 10 games less, 12 games less in the season, then maybe it's worth four million for a backup goalie. Yeah, I like Price needs a tandem goalie, but fuck me, $15 million for a tandem. I mean, that is the thing. That is a that is a bit mad. But then I suppose if, if you've made your bed with Price, like, and, and that raises another issue where uh, you're, you're paying fucking eight figures for a goalie who needs to be part of a tandem to perform at his best. <laughs> Which is, it's like Jack Johnson. That's not... With the right partner, he's a really good third-party <laughs> defensive. Thanks, Jim. Fucking great point. <laughs> when you when you play him in the cup against having a Waterlooville, he's on fucking fire. <laughs> it's it's just... And, and, and that's not that's not um, Jake Allen's fault, but fuck me, man, like it. The whole thing stinks. I don't like any of it. You know, it's crazy. We never, ever agree on trades, ever. My instant reaction is always completely different to yours. My instant reaction to this straight away was, ah, oh, that's quite clever. I think it's a clever move. I like that. <laughs> straight away, you were just like, this is stupid. I hate it. <laughs> we never agree. I wonder if that's something just innate that whoever has the first take, something goes off in the other one's brain. It's like, right, I've got to fucking got to disagree with this. Yeah, I think you might be right. You might be right. Hey, speaking of, I wanted to mention goalies. What's what's the story with Ben Bishop? That is, it's insane, right? That just in case you didn't know, he tells Rick Bonus, the coach of the Dallas Stars, that he can play in Game Five. Bonus then doesn't <laughs> want to risk. What's the kid's name? Is it Ottinger? Ottinger? Yeah, Ottinger. Ottinger doesn't want to risk Ottinger, who's never played an NHL minute before in his life. So Bonus says, okay then, apparently so. That's what Bonus said. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think he's backed up a couple of times. So Ben Bishop, who'd been unfit to play, then plays in game five. He then shits the bed worse than me after that time my grandma tried to make sushi. He then doesn't dress for game six and straight away is deemed unfit to play game seven. What the fuck is going on, dude? I love love the idea of like Ben Bishop being proper snaky. (laughs) Like he's got fucking half a leg falling off it's like yeah I can play I can play coach put me in put me, put in. me in put me in coach he's a, he's a fucking I'd say he's a paper tiger but he's just he's just paper isn't he he's made, he's made of 
it just it just feels like every playoffs there's an issue with him. Like he's working on some niggling injury or there's something wrong. That might be wrong, but that is the narrative out there. You, I say that's the narrative out there. When I whenever say that, of course I just mean Twitter. But well, that is that is out that there. That always seems to be that is the narrative. Is that oh look, it's the playoffs when Bishop isn't feeling well or can't play or there's an issue again. Do, do you know something interesting that I'd never really realised or or never appreciated or thought about? For a 33-year-old goalie, Ben Bishop's only been a fucking regular NHL starter since fucking 2000, 2013. Really? Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And um, you, you talk about playing in the playoffs. So um, he's he's got under 50 playoff appearances in that time. Bearing in mind, he, he was on the Lightning for a long time. Um. And half of that, so 49 playoff appearances before this season, to be fair, it's not including this season. Half of them came in a single fucking year. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the geezer hasn't played in the fucking playoffs. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, how, I don't know how much you're digging into this via Stars Twitter or whatever, or you know the Stars beat writers or anything like that. But what is the, what's up with him at the moment? Don't, don't like, know. Do you, is there any, any idea... Is it just? I mean, I know we're getting the constant. He's unfit to play, but how is he unfit to play for four games? Then playing one game, and then unfit to play for the next two games. I, I I couldn't tell you. He's just unfit to play. That's the joys of um, the joys of the NHL bubble. That's that's all it is. He's just unfit to play. It's fucking. This has got to be on, and this has got to be on bonus, right? I mean, how do you put him in after he's unfit to play for those games? You just go with the kid. You never know. Maybe, maybe you get lightning in a bottle. Maybe the team realizes, all right, we've got this. You know, we've got this kid in nets. We're going to have to protect him. We're going to have to be a lot tighter, a lot more secure. And instead, I mean, that this, in, in my opinion, in my opinion, I'm you know, I could be way off, but it's only my opinion. But that decision to put Bishop in like turns this series completely on its head. Is it? I, I haven't. I really haven't been as in tune. Was um, was Hudobin actually fucking injured? It was a back-to-back, wasn't it? Oh, mate, fuck off. Like, come now. Play the fuck... Let me triple check. I'm triple checking that. I am triple checking that's that. What, that's what I'm saying. I hadn't I hadn't heard anything about him actually being injured. That's why I wanted to check that I hadn't, hadn't missed anything. Play... It's fucking 2020. Like, play it. Don't... Granted, granted, the Stars played shit. As much as it's... You know, Ben Bishop was bad. It's it's one of those ones where it's not entirely his fault, and there is a chance that Hudobin or any you know fucking the second coming of Dominic Hasek would have let in that many goals. But fuck me, why are you putting in a goalie that AA is coming off an injury and probably is still injured from the looks of it? B hasn't played a playoff game this year. What are you what are you doing that for? Unless there was like a knock to Hudobin that they didn't have to declare as unfit to play. But they, you know, thought let's not risk him in a back-to-back. Especially where it's a fucking elimination game. Like, they could have closed it out. Because the talk was wanting to rest Hudobin. Do you know how you fucking rest him? You win that game and then you don't have to play again for another <laughs> few days. And you got a week off. Fucking exactly, because he went in that game anyway, didn't he? Of course, yeah. So it's, and and the same with with game game six as well. Like fucking hell, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's 
it's it's goalie voodoo masked in bubble voodoo masked in fucking Ben Bishop voodoo. So it's like we were saying before with Vino. Maybe Bonus spent too long looking at tapes of goalies and just got in his own head. Like, shit, what do I do again? What do I do? Who do, who do, I, who do I play? Yeah. Yeah, all right, fine, yeah, go for it. Let's fucking do it. But with, with Bishop and his and his playoff availability, so for first year as a starting goaltender, 13-14, uh, gets injured at the end of the season, doesn't play in any of the playoffs. 14-15, oh. goes a distance. I think he misses one game. Bishop is an interesting situation because not only is he injured... He's actually, apart from 13, 14, and 14, 15, he's never really owned his own crease. So 15, 16 okay. comes around. He plays 11 out of 17. 11 out of 17. Half of them started by Andrew Vasilevsky. And he might have had a knock or two, but Vasilevsky was knocking on the door to become Andre Vasilevsky. 16, 17, missed the playoffs. No, he's traded. So they missed the playoffs and he's traded to the Kings. Kings don't make the playoffs. The King? Oh, yeah, went to the Kings. He's at the Kings for a minute. 17-18, don't make the playoffs. 18-19 uh, with the Stars. Played the whole thing with the Stars. And this series, missed it all again. So as much as... I, I, I rate Bishop. I want to get that out there. I do think he's a good goalie. Not only is he is he actually injury-prone, it's not just a fucking myth perpetuated by fucking big injury it's <laughs> <laughs> he's big injury. big injury don't worry about big oil we've got to watch out for big injury he oh, he's know. never really owned his own crease and and as much as Hudobin isn't muscling out for the top spot necessarily this is pure tandem he's, he's just an interesting goal I think it's, it's a very weird situation it's a very weird situation Glad I'm, uh, you, uh, glad I'm not a fan of that team. Looking forward to games. Looking forward to game seven. I'm looking forward to it being over. Quite frankly, the sooner my team gets eliminated, the better. Fucking then I can enjoy hockey again. They have to stop giving a shit. It's yeah. it's just disappointing because they were doing so well. Now they've just fucked it up so royally, so fucking royally. How is it that I'm the, you know, a fan of two different Arsenal's? How the fuck has this happened? <laughs> Oh mate, that's perfect. That is perfect. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like not not stylistically, but like spiritually, the yeah, spiritually, the, the stars sure. are, are pulling a fat Arsenal. Fucking pulling out for for Mirahesh and then having a fucking playoff of his life. Oh mate, Turn- fucking disgusting. He is on a run just, right now. Just just turn it up and saying. Yeah, you you love you you love your fucking Canadian boys, don't you, boys? Or Canadian and American, your North American kids. Don't don't forget who the real Mac Daddy is. It's fucking me, bruv. Super Miro, mate. Fucking hell, he is absolutely putting in work. Putting in an utter shift, mate. Fucking nineteen points. Nineteen points from the back end. Fifteen games. Jesus, mate. Your kids. Let me be the first to say it with any sincerity. He is going to be Nicholas Lindstrom, but finish. He's fucking 20 years old. 20 years old and he's already just... He's he's bossing it defensively. Ever ha- Has done ever since he's stepped foot on North American ice. And this playoffs fucking is just turning it up. Do you know what? That is a That is a stunningly bold statement. But I will not fight you on that statement at all. It's kind of strange, like... He's he's still kind of being 
overshadowed a little bit, I feel, by Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure why. Definitely. Maybe because he's been in the league a bit... Maybe because he's been... I think he's been in the league an extra year, maybe, or something like that. Uh, or not. Maybe he hasn't. I don't know. Yeah, so he, he started... He did the whole of eighteen nineteen, where McCarr and Hughes yeah. joined for the end of it. Yes, you're right. You're right. So maybe it's like, you know, obviously they're the new hotness and that's what it is, but... Yeah, I, I can't argue with that statement. Dude's a fucking animal, and he's 21. 21. It's mental. And he's just... He is dragging this team right now. Dad, that... Through, <laughs> through this postseason. That's the thing. And he's 21. He's, he's smack, like, just fucking dishing out points left, right, and centre. And it's not... You know, due respect to Hughes and McCall, fantastic young D-men, but they're putting out points with your Pettersons, your Horvats, your Bessers... Your Millers, your know, your McKinnons, your Rantanas, your Landerskogs, etc., etc. Hayskin is doing it with fucking Denis Gurianov as his as the top goal scorer. Yeah, exactly. Like and and any name brand players like Jamie Benatar are going to fucking disappeared. It's mental, utterly, utterly mental. Right. Let's have a quick, quickly in your. I'm going to write these down just because I want to know all their ELCs finish at the same time. Hayskin and McCarr and Hughes. <sighs> so let's have a wacky prediction. What's Heskin's next contract going to look like? Uh, eight, eight years, obviously. I think all three of them will end up eight years. Um, Heskin will get 8.75. Okay. Uh, Kel McCarr? Uh, eight and 9.5. Ooh, okay. And then Quinn Hughes? I reckon I'm going to say either 8 and 8.75 or 6 and 9.5. I don't know why, but I've something in my head that thinks that Hughes will get a shorter contract for whatever reason. Do you know what's weird? I thought exactly the same thing. I, ju- I just don't know why. There's just something about it. I had, I had McCarr, though, make it. I got McCarr making less. I think McCarr gets eight at eight because of the cost of the McKinnon thing. And I think if they give him eight by, eight by nine five, it makes him the highest paid player. Is that more than Rat- and more than Rattling gets? Yeah, he's making yeah nine two. I think he makes nine two five. All oh, right. I'll just quickly double check that, but I'm sure he does. I just think that yeah, he makes nine two five. I think that Makar has got the most hype around him. That is true. That is true. And I think he that's does. gonna that's gonna lend itself to you know higher reputation, so he's gonna be able to command more. Whereas Heiskanen has lower reputation, and I can, in, a, in a very xenophobic and racist opinion, he's he's Scandinavian, so he'll probably take less, won't he? <laughs> They always do. You have a point. You have a point, yeah. Yeah, those chilled out Finns like uh, Timu Solani and Patrick Laine. It's very, <laughs> very chilled out people. <laughs> hey, there's a good segue. Let's talk about quickly about Patrick Laine. And the quick, uh, we'll have a quick look at the the trade bait board that oh, Frank Saravelli redu- uh, produced this I haven't, week. I haven't looked at it yet. You haven't looked at it yet. All right. So well, there's some, there is some interesting, there's some obvious names on there because... You know, obviously, there are players with one year left. So guys like Adam Larson, Freddie Anderson, Dougie Hamilton, Kyle Palmieri's on there. And then there's obviously RFAs, Matt Murray, Max Domi, players like that. Okay, you're going you're gonna to get those. But Patrick Laine was one that popped up. And immediately, immediately, it was a, well, clearly they're going to move him to Carolina. That makes the most sense. Hurricanes have got a ton of talent on D. Winnipeg need D help. They've also got Aha and Teravainen, so they could they could make a finished line. 
that would then help line A. If the rumours are true, get over his kind of maturity problems. That, I mean, maybe he doesn't want to play in Winnipeg. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's why he's, you know, not putting in the effort half the time. Maybe he just can't be asked. Maybe he's sick of having no Wi-Fi. I don't know. It's terrible for his but, fortnight. It's the ping, isn't it? Yeah, terrible ping. I'm, I'm working on 200 ping. This is disgusting. Just, maybe he's, you know, maybe that's somewhere for him to go. But if you're a GM, are you uh, are you taking a swing at line A? Yeah, without a doubt. Well, unless I'm... Fuck, what's the guy's name? I always forget Kevin Day off. Then I'm, oh, right. I'm I'm not taking a swing. I'm saying, Patrick, please stay. We love you. We want you to score many, many goals for us. <laughs> yeah, why why wouldn't you take a swing for fucking Patrick Line? I'll play I'll play the contrarian because of his attitude. That's why. But what what fucking attitude? Nothing's this is all nonsense as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did why? There's there's nothing You know the attitude? The attitude where you go back to Finland and say I guess I'll just play with these shitty players then, shall I? Why am I not on the top line? <laughs> that yeah, but that's, that's, that's back in the day when he was a, a much younger man. <laughs> that was that was a, over a year that ago. Was, yeah. He's changed. That was when he was 21. Now he's 20, 22 and a half. He's a man now. He's grown. <laughs> he's grown. But that's even... We're not, we're not talking about your fucking... You know, your Josh Hosangs, your fucking... Oh, no, Ryan Merkley hasn't made the, the NHL yet, but you're not talking about people like that. This is... Patrick Lino, who's who's got fucking evidence, he's he's scored the goals. He's not like, oh, he's got attitude issues, but he might be good. This is he's got attitude issues, and he is fucking good. Why, why are you overthinking it? Can I can I, can I give you a, a little a little quick quiz, please? Just gonna spring this on you. Two parts in the last three seasons, purely on goals, not points. Purely on goals, where does Patrick Lino rank? Well, so, I've, so 17, 18, 18, 19, and 19, Yes. So I've, I've actually already got him up. So. No. <laughs> well, I, I can't see how, I can't see where he is in, in the ranking, though. Oh, okay. So I can tell you he's, he's scored, what is that, 102 goals in the last three years, yeah. which sounds like a lot, but that's only two 50 goal seasons for Ovi. So Ovi could have sat out the third year and he'd still fucking score more goals than him. I'm going to say 30th. Really, that low? God, I thought you were going to go higher. No, I'm I'm going low because I feel like it's it's got to be low. To be fair, yeah, it's one of those horrible questions where I've set you up because you you can't really, yeah, you're either going to say first or two hundredth because the answer's not going to be interesting then, is it? Because he, he's still only <laughs> averaging about thirty goals a season, which is fantastic. Thirty goals a season for a young player is fucking quality, especially where he's got a forty-four goal season under under his belt already. But it's still not that much, like I'm sure Nazem Kadri's probably scored about as many goals as he had. Uh, no, Kadri's not on this list anyway. I, I bet there's some what? some names on there that you're like, oh, all right, like say Ken Atkinson or Jason Zucker or whatever have scored probably around the same number. There was only one. There was only one that made me sit up and take. So he's eleventh. <laughs> Fucking Jesus! All right, and so and who's the second part? Can you name the other ten? Can you name the ten players who scored more goals than him in the past three seasons? Ovechkin, yeah. Matthews, yes. Hmm. Who scores goals? Uh, McKinnon. I think I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. Crosby. No. All jokes aside, I was thinking of McDavid. I say Crosby, but McDavid. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yes. But no, I'll, I'll take my loss on Crosby. Um, okay. Okay. Drysdale. Yes. Play along at home fun, everybody. You want to just pause it and have a think for five, <laughs> five or ten minutes on your exercise bike or in your car or in your jog. <laughs> Please do. Well, I like the old... Uh, you like some play-along-at-home fun here at 2 Bits 1 Pod. Your old BBC bite-sized video. Pause now and 
answer. That's what I've got five. Have I? Ovi, McKinnon, McDavid, Matthews, and Drysidle. Drysidle. So another another five. Cam Atkinson. No. Okay. Hmm. Goal scorers. Who does the goal scoring? If I was a goal scorer, who would I be? Pacioretty? No. No. Didn't think so. Oh, uh, Jack Eichel. Come on. It's got to be Jack Eichel. No. Fucking hell. Eichel's 20th. 20th. Jesus. It's pathetic. <laughs> what a bum. Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, Taylor Hall? <laughs> yes. No. This is the, I, just, I just don't know anyone who, who puts him in the back of the net anymore. John Tavares? Why not? Yes. Oh, there you go. There you go. Tavares is 8th. Yeah, there's eight more goals over that time. Oh fucking hell! All right, what what positions am I still missing? That might give me might jog my memory a bit. Number two, Jesus! Oh, Patrick Kane. No, he's number nine, hundred and four. Okay. So two more goals than mine. That's still a still a shame. Number two. Oh, for God's sake! You're missing Nikita Kucherov. Uh, Kucherov is seventh, hundred and thirteen. <sighs> Oh Jesus! Who's been in the running for fucking? You got two left. Oh, David Pasternak. There you go. Best Pasternak number two, hundred and twenty-one. Oh, and which is insane. The OV is on hundred and forty-eight. That's fucking mental. <laughs> and the second place guy is twenty-seven this, goals. This is what I'm talking him. about. The second place guy is a good season behind him. OV OV sits a year out and he's still top ten. Fucking ridiculous. Fucking mad. Is the other one? Um, fucking mad. Little rat boy himself. No, Marchand is uh, only a couple behind. He's ninety-eight goals in that time. So no- it's number ten. So you've got you've got one to nine. It's number ten that's interesting. Which oh. completely, honestly, I would have. Had, you could have given me a hundred names. I wouldn't have guessed. Go on, go on. Let's let's narrow it down. East or west? West. While you're thinking, I'll quickly run through the the one to nine for folks, just so you can mark them off your sheet. All right, <laughs> you can do your bingo. Do, do your bit. Ov one, Pasternak two, Matthews three, Drysaddle four. McDavid five, that's surprising. But then you know McDavid's all over. McKinnon six, Kucherov seven, Tavares eight, Kane nine, Line eight eleven. It's not like Sean Monahan or something, is it? No. Do you know what? If anyone is actually play play along at home phone, I'd love to know if anybody gets this. And don't lie. Be truthful. <laughs> don't don't fucking lie. Okay. I'll, yeah. Don't lie. I'll, I'll use one more fifty-fifty. Which division? I feel like I can't give you that. Oh, come on. Like, if you're saying it's one you wouldn't get in 100 goes, what does giving me the division fucking help me? Because I feel like you get it then. <laughs> See, okay. But I feel like you get it too easy. And I kind of and I kind of don't want you to get it. The, the one that has popped into my brain for next to no reason whatsoever is, I was going to say Riley Smith, but I'm going to make the more sensible option of Wild Bill Carlson. Oh, no. I'll take, okay, so they're in the central. Oh, shit. Um... Nah, fucking no idea. Plays on the same team. Kyle Connor. Oh, shit, of course, of course. Good player. Good little player. Fucking great player. 103 goals. And and nobody's out there saying... Overall, in the last three seasons. Kyle Connor's not all that. Yeah, he, and he is. <laughs> he's really fucking good. He's just as good as Patrick Laine. Yeah. Well, in fact, he's one goal better than Patrick Laine, so therefore Patrick Laine's a bum. Well, what about appearances? That's the question I've got for you. Yeah, Connor's played in less games as well. <laughs> I've just noticed that Lionel hasn't missed a game in three years. <laughs> but that fucking shows you, Carl Connor's got more assists. <laughs> so really, they should trade Carl Connor because they'll get a better return for him. Exactly, you'll get a better return. Fucking change. You'll get a fourth instead of just a fifth. <laughs> hard, hard times out there, really is. What's he? Okay, so go on then. Let's. What's his next contract worth then? 
Pedro Laine. Well, he's he's not up until the end of next year, so I can't can't possibly comment on that. Oh. It's got to be. It depends what happens. If he goes back to banging in forty and sniffing around fifty, then fucking he's going to get a million million, isn't he? Do you think he's yeah? Do you think this season he's going to be ripping as many one seas as he can, trying to get to forty five <laughs> so he can ask for eleven million? <laughs> Dude, was it? It was Matt Shane, wasn't it? When he hit thirty goals or something in a losing game, and he's still celebrating. <laughs> yeah, they were getting beat four nil, and he scored and jumped up and down, and fucking Patrick Wall went mental. <laughs> he jumped up and down because he got his thirtieth goal. <laughs> I reckon it might be another short termer with Line A. Or long term without any trade protection, if that is, I gotta say, if, if they can make it work, I'd love to see him in Carolina. I would love to see just a pure finish line. That'd be so cool. Carolina, am I right? Hey, not bad, not bad. Fucking writes itself, mate. There's the uh, there's the beat writers headlines when he moves. I just think that'd be a mad thing to do to trade Patrick Line. I'm calling it now. I'm gonna call it now. Line for Hamilton, one for one. There you go. That's my wild Jesus prediction. Jesus Christ! That's that's another one. What? I said it's wild. Why would why would Carolina trade Hamilton? What's Hamilton doing on that fucking list? We well, same same as Liney. He's got a year left. Fucking so. So signing back up. Well, this is like I keep saying to you, dude. Don't forget, Seattle is on the horizon. You want to get something now and get players locked up to a team. You can only protect so many players. Yeah, trade, trade other. And Carolina has an embarrassment of riches on D, don't they? Yeah. So trade another D. Don't trade your best one. For, don't, trade your best one for a guy who is allegedly a prick, as per his his own co coworkers. Like. <laughs> yeah, but you know you know what they're thinking in Carolina, don't you? We get him here. We get him Sebastian Aho, Tavo Teravainen. He'll be fine then. He'll be happy. He could be almost as good as Dougie Hamilton. Only because they don't want to play in Winnipeg, isn't it? This this makes perfect sense. Dougie Hamilton can go to Winnipeg. It's nice and quiet there. We know Dougie likes to be by himself. He'll have nobody bothering him. No Wi-Fi connection. Nobody can get in touch with him. Fucking Dougie will love it in Winnipeg. You know you will. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's not a very cultural place. You might be right. Are there many museums in Winnipeg? Well, you could go to the Manitoba Museum or the Canadian Museum for Human Rights. Ah, oh, there you go. Lovely. See? Fucking Winnipeg Railway Museum. Sign me up. Oh shit! I don't mind a bit. I don't mind a bit of that. See, we'll make it. See now. You see now. You're thinking this trade makes more sense. Trade Lionel for Hamilton one for one. Trade me for Patrick Lionel, please. <laughs> All right, I'll do for this week. Let's get out of here. Jesus, that's Christ. more than enough. Thank you for listening, everybody. Will any last words? Um, oh, there was going to be something I wanted to ask the great people of whoever the fuck you are. But um, if anyone knows a good place to get laptops, fucking let me know, bruv. Well, that's mad. My wife got a Chromebook today. Did she? I'm I'm so intrigued by these Chromebooks. Is it basically a tablet with a keyboard? It's essentially a small laptop. Just think of it that way. It's better to think of it that way. It's just a very small laptop. <laughs> it's better to think of it that way. You said that like I'm going to go through some unbearable experience by having a Chromebook. <laughs> I spe- just think of it as a small laptop and it won't <laughs> hurt as much. You're going to wake up in the night and turn to Grace and go, oh my God, I'm having an existential crisis. <laughs> Can you do all the normal stuff on it? Yeah, it's all it's all normal stuff. It, it's a lot smaller because there's no um, there's no disk drive in it. Oh right. So it's that's why it can be a lot smaller. Oh, well, like, Everything's via like USB. Oh yeah. Well, that's that's loads of uh, laptops now anyway. Like this laptop I'm using yeah, now exactly. doesn't have a fucking disk drive on it. <laughs> but it, it doesn't run Windows, though, does it? No, it doesn't. Yeah, that's 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 the thing that I don't like. I want 
Oh, I want a wee bit of Windows. Do you know what? I don't know. I've only just seen it for like 10 minutes. <laughs> you know what? I don't know at all. I don't know. What I do know is it's like a very small laptop. So that, that so I can guarantee. Right. That, that, I mean, that's that's not enough to sell me on it, but I'll, I'll keep it in mind. <laughs> it's a fair point. <laughs> Jesus. I also like the idea that you're asking like North American listeners, can you hook me up with a laptop? <laughs> where, where do I get a laptop? <laughs> Is <laughs> some dude in Montreal is going to be like, oh, I'll just send one over, no problem. Put a poll if you're listening. Should I go to Curry's or uh, Argos? <laughs> What's the Canadian version of Curry's or Argos? What is it? What is it's their... just all Canadian Tire, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, yeah. You just you can get anything at Canadian Tire. That's <laughs> why so we do our weekly shopping. It is basically Aldi, that middle aisle at Aldi. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's just you can just get. Anything. It's a bit more organised than that than the middle line Aldi. Aisle at Aldi, because that's like if you turn up on any given day, it could be fucking anything there. At least with Canadian Tire, like from my understanding, it stocks the same stuff most of the time. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. Fucking hell. How do we end on this? Let's get out of here. Fucking hell. <laughs> See you next week, everyone. Take care. Peace. Peace.